podcasters, this is our bar with a drive time sitting at a red light, which is the perfect time to do a podcast, isn't it? All right, fellowship. What is fellowship? Well, in the New Testament, the word fellowship comes from the Greek word koinonia, and it occurs 20 times in the Bible. And the meaning of koinonia is fellowship or sharing things in common or communion. Now, in Acts 2.42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles, to the teaching, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So, koinonia is, is literally, it's translated fellowship, but I think of it as two fellows in a ship. Now, think about that. Two guys in a boat, like Mr. Miyagi and, and Daniel-san, right? They're, they're in the same boat, literally. So, they have plenty to talk about. Because they're in the same predicament. If they're in the storm, they're doing it together. If they're in smooth waters, then they're doing it together. And so that's what fellowship is. It's sharing things in common. It's talking about things that one has in common with another who happens to be in the same predicament. So for me lately, fellowship has been amazing. I have this ongoing fellowship with with friends of the past. I mean, they're current friends, but guys I used to do life with so I got guys I used to do life with in North Carolina I got guys that I that I've done life with in California I've got I mean Rhode Island I they're they're all over the place so when we talk on the phone we are experiencing true biblical fellowship and so that looks like this hey bro what's going on man what's what's new and then we start talking about who we are bringing through the steps of freedom in Christ. We start talking about uh, the different community groups that we're in. We start talking about um, all kinds of things that would that would that we could uh, oh, brain fart that we have in common. Uh, we talk about our kids. We talk about our marriages. We talk about our struggles because we want to carry each other's burdens as well. We talk about being in the fight. We talk about um, the, the people that we're involved in, that, that God is loving them through us. It's just amazing. So an ongoing theme I have is, uh, well, this morning, talk about fellowship. I'm sitting there at the beach, and I said, I know I'm going to call my, call my buddy Bill here. So I call him, we start talking, and then the fellowship starts rolling. Just starts just start sharing what's going on in your end, what's going on in my end, and, and you know, we're like interrupt, we, we constantly interrupt each other. <laughs> and so, because uh, we both want to talk, we both are eager to share, so I, Bill's constantly saying, eh, go ahead, go ahead, and then I get to finish my sentence, and then, and then I'll be talking, and he'll go, you go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. And there's just an excitement about sharing what God is doing in, in whatever setting we're at. So I'm at the beach and, and the, the dilemma I had for two seconds was, should I say goodbye and go surf or should I stay on the phone and fellowship? And that's a no brainer for me. I'm going with the fellowship. So I just, I just put the car and put the car in drive. Um, oh, you hear that? That's the colors. Windows going back up. If I was standing outside, I'd be uh, respecting the the national anthem. 
and uh, standing at attention. So that's what we do here in America. Anyways, uh, we're sharing, and I had an hour, because my commute is, is about an hour with the traffic. Um, just sharing, just like, what's going on in your group? And, and I was, fellowship looks like this. Dude, so, you know, this community group's been around for a while, the one I'm, I'm in, and, and I'm just sharing basic things like my struggle in parenting and how I've shamed my kids. And then it, and it like, opened up this box where people started to share things that they have never shared before. By the by, the admission of someone else in the group, like like one guy saying like, like, dude, I've never shared this before, and my wife has never shared that before, so something has changed in this group, and so could you believe how amazing that is? And then he'll come back, he'll meet, he'll see my uh, sharing, and he'll raise it, and then he'll he'll share. Well, dude, that's great, man. Our Bible study is going great as well. I'm sharing with with Mike and now he wants to come surf with me and my son and um, I, I love I love fellowship and and that's what it is Philippians chapter 2 1 through 2 says if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ if any comfort from his love if any fellowship with the spirit if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and in purpose so koinonia is agreeing with other people who are you doing community with, agreeing about all the things that are, that are lovely and, and kind and pure and, and of God. And 1 John 1, 6 through 7 says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if I'm going to have fellowship with the Spirit, if I'm going to have fellowship with God, then I'm going to be in the same place where he is. Does that make sense? Like, Because if fellowship is two fellows in a ship, and God is in the light, and he's only in the light, and he's never in the darkness, well, if I'm in the darkness, I'm not where God is. I just step into the light, and now I'm in fellowship with God. That's what that word fellowship means. I'm in the same place that God is. And when I'm in fellowship with my brothers and sisters in my community group, then that means I'm meeting them where they're at. And the reality is, is where we're at is in a broken state in constant need of a Savior. And if two parties admit to that, then they're in the same place. But if one says, ah, I can't, I, I don't really relate to you, I don't struggle... I don't struggle like you do. It's because it's no big deal to me. Like my marriage is not a struggle. It's perfect. Well, there's no fellowship there. And God knows. God, God, all of us know as well. There's no marriage that doesn't struggle. Because the whole purpose of marriage isn't for happiness. It's for holiness. So it wouldn't make sense that there would be a marriage that didn't sanctify somebody in some sense. And I'm not talking about constant bickering and fighting and pinching and and and, and swinging and and hitting each other. I'm not, that's not what I'm talking about. But a, a marriage where it's constantly, oh, I'm, I need to die to myself. I need to fall towards my spouse. I need to forgive. I need to let go of this resentment. I need to, because that's the whole purpose of marriage, isn't it? 
It's to purge me of all my selfishness. It's to purge me of all this, this evil and offensive selfishness. And then, and then the beauty of just being broken together, sweetly broken together. That's, that's what a that's what a true marriage is. But fellowship happens around that. That's why if I ever, if my wife and I ever get to sit across from another married couple, we know there could be instant fellowship if they just admit that they're in the same place as we are. At the same time, we don't need that from anybody. We don't want to make a, a person's transparency and their vulnerability an idol. So I'm not going to say, well, I need you to be transparent right now or otherwise I'm not going to be happy. No, I don't need that. I don't need that. But I do love, I do absolutely love sitting across from other couples and as they're sharing um, their need for a savior, we're sharing. As they're getting vulnerable, we're getting vulnerable. There's, as they're being transparent, we're being transparent. And then this light goes on in their head and they go, wow, dude, you guys are just like us. And I would reply, you think you think we weren't? Like, do you think there's anybody that, that can't relate to the struggles in marriage? No. And they've either bought the lie that they don't struggle like other people and they've been deceived or or they uh, they uh, believe they are struggling but they hide it so they're being deceptive so um, this is the message that transcends all religions and that's why I can say this message is that sin is the complete leveler it's the it's the ultimate uh, leveling level the ground because I don't care if you go to a temple or you go to a mosque or you think you're super religious um, your marriage is broken your marriage is broken your parenting skills are broken your your lust for the opposite sex or the same sex is a sign of your brokenness and so where 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 there's realization about that there can be there can be some great fellowship. And my heart breaks. My heart breaks for for those who haven't found fellowship and I and I don't know of any other religion in the world that heightens transparency and vulnerability in the midst of a lot of bad bad news like shame parenting like judging in marriage and like lust after somebody else. I don't know any religion that that deals with that quite like Jesus does. For him to say, I lived the perfect life, I died on the cross, I resurrected, and now, now you can be free from shame of what just happened, what you just did. You can be free from condemnation, you can be free from guilt because I died on the cross and I resurrected. That's the heart of the gospel. It's good news in light of all the bad news. And I don't know, I don't know of any other religion that does that. That digs down and and exposes the roots of the problem. All I'm all I know is that all these religions out there, they deal with behavior and they encourage behavior. And while they skip and they bypass and they overlook the heart of the issue, Jesus wants our heart. And he wants us in community. And, and it, that's why it's called the body of Christ because the people in my community group are the body of Christ. He says, let me know you. Give me your heart so when I give my heart 
to that community, I'm giving it to the body of Christ. I'm giving it to the body of Christ. And so now I'm known in this community and now I'm loved in this community and Christ is loving me through the body. I just don't know any other model that does that quite like quite like Jesus does. And so, so for anybody listening to this, of any other religion, of any religion actually, um, they could say, no, our, my, my religion handles this fine. I, I would, I want to know. I want to know what other religion fosters complete transparency and vulnerability on the basis of good news that a Savior came and paid for it all. So, even the religious guys, like a guy that's fully dedicated to his synagogue or his temple or his mosque, you still struggle with lust if you admit it. You shame your kids. You've judged your spouse. You've become super angry to the point you, you've wished harm on your spouse. Or you, can, or you can lie. Or you can lie to yourself and say that you don't struggle like everybody else. You're actually better than everybody else. So that's the called the sin of pride, which must be exposed as well. And if there is that deep down tugging in your soul of like, dude, this is this is spot this is spot on. Um, I want to know what this is about. Then, I, then I would encourage <laughs> go with it. I, if you if your religion isn't cutting it, and it doesn't get down to the heart of things then you're going to keep all these struggles. Because the issue, because the heart of the issue is an issue of the heart. And, and I would venture to say that, that no religion out there digs down to the heart of the issue. It's, it's covering the surface. It's behavior. It's modifying behavior. It's, it's playing with fruit of sin rather than the root of sin. And that's why all these religions are made up of communities where people actually don't know each other. There's no transparency. There's no vulnerability. It's just a bunch of people putting on a game face when they walk into their church building or they walk into their temple or they walk into their mosque or they walk, in, they walk into their synagogue. Right? It's, it's a mask. And the, the most guilty of all, well, it, it might be, is the Christians, but maybe I, I take that back. It's just religious people in general. Like drop the facade, drop the facade that you got it all together and just admit that we're all the same. Admit that we all struggle. Admit that we're all broken people. And then from there, go like, well, well, who offers the best solution to this? And, I, and I'm pretty sure it's the guy that died and rose again and came back. I don't, there's nobody else like that. So this to me is a no brainer. This to me is an absolute no-brainer. There's only one person that's ever done that. But, you know, I'm, I'm passionate about this because I know as a person who's in the business of listening to other people's sins daily and receiving confessions daily, I've just noticed a trend. I've noticed a trend that we're all busted up and broken and jacked up people. And then we're all constantly in search for happiness and for a savior. And And all of these religions don't make the cut they don't get to the heart of the issue so maybe maybe it's time to, to turn to the guy that that defeated sin and death 
a guy whose whose existence is so undeniable that we created a whole calendar system around him. A guy that's so it's so undeniable that secular historians historians have have recorded the impact that he's had on history. Um, it's so impactful that that some of the smartest people who have lived, like Albert Einstein, said you can't deny the existence of God. Can't deny the existence that that Jesus lived. Can't. It's amazing. So the 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 evidence is compelling. It's it's so much evidence that it demands a verdict, and the and the verdict is it's it's true. So it's time. All that from fellowship. I I, I get a lot from fellowship, and so that's my heart's desire is that you, whoever is listening, would would have true fellowship with other people who their, their fellowship is rooted in, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. <laughs> the fact that it's, that it's true, and the fact that we can be free today, not tomorrow, but today. The fact that we can experience true peace and joy today, not tomorrow. I love you, Fabcasters, and whoever is listening, stumbling people across this podcast, all kinds of people on the World Wide Web. I love you, and I share my life as well as the gospel. Thanks.